podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody, welcome back. We've got lots to get through on this particular episode. Um, I'm joined by my regular contributors, Molly, Randy and Amy Kate. Hello ladies, how are you all doing? Hello. Hiya. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Um, well, it's been uh, an interesting few weeks one way or the other since uh, since we last spoke. Um, obviously, we, we we had the uh, magnificent uh, confirmation of our, our title winning season and the trophy presentation. Um, since then, we've had confirmation of, and, and we probably will talk about it, but uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold has won Young Player PFA, oh not PFA Premier League Young Player of the Season. Uh, Jürg has won Premier League Manager of the Season. So you know the titles keep coming, um, and clearly the um, the transfer window is open because we've started a bit of business. And sadly, we're not in it, but the Champion League has uh, resurrected itself and has actually thrown up some fascinating. Uh, results as we get to the semi-final stage of that competition so we will probably touch on all of those um what i wanted to start with though is um whilst we don't have the full fixture list yet we do have the uh schedule of weeks that have been released by the premier league for the forthcoming season um now that season starts on the 12th of september is scheduled to finish on the 23rd of May. Uh, it's full 38-week season, and the first thing that jumped out at me when I sort of quickly scanned down it was that there is no winter break. Uh, that has been removed because um, we've lot because of you know obviously Corona, the season being you know put on hold, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We've basically lost about five weeks by my reckoning so um let me start with you molly um what we what sort of reactions or what thoughts do you have in terms of you know getting those 38 games in over an even more um shortened season and bear in mind that doesn't yet include the champions league or the fa cup or the you know, League Cup or or anything else, or the uh, and obviously there will be some international breaks in there. So sorry, Molly, I uh, I kind of started my question to you, then went off on a tangent, but I'm coming back. <laughs> so thoughts? I think obviously removing the winter break isn't a massive shock because they have, would have to do something because if they don't finish the season in May, like COVID is kind of going to take over yet another season, and so. It, I understand that, but is there confirmation of things like FA Cup and League Cup replays and 
it are they I don't know, and so I'm kind of I'm asking. Sorry, <laughs> so, are they yeah, going to no, scrap so, those? Because that would make more sense to me. Like, okay, fair enough, you've got to remove the winter break, but we need to kind of make some other concessions as well. Yes. So they are scrapping, as I understand it, they are scrapping FA Cup replays. Um. So so in the FA Cup, um, I think. Certainly, from the third round, when when you know the bigger teams come into the competition, I believe they will be um, one leg, you know, to the death in inverted commas ties. So there won't yeah. be any um, there won't be any FA Cup replays. Um, and on the EFL, I think i'm not 100 percent sure on this so i would need to look it up but i think they scrapped the two leg semi-finals yeah yeah. to me that makes more sense because there's you can't make more time so you have to use the time that you have the only thing that you can do is reduce the number of games and there are actually a number of ways that like that can be done um so to me that actually makes a bit of sense um, and as I say, it's going to be really congested, but if they don't, you know, it's kind of like like six of one, half a dozen of the other, isn't it, really? If they don't make it more congested, COVID just impacts a whole other season again, doesn't it? So Potentially, yeah. Yeah, I think because it's probably the, the best, it's like the best of a bad situation, isn't it? Uh, potentially it is. I mean, you know, Amy Kate, if what what we've seen the resumption of the Champions League is that they've gone to this, you know, round almost round robin format, but one-off games. Do you think that there's any likelihood that UEFA um, would look to do that for the knockout stages again for this coming season, in order to again try try and protect the, um, you know, try, try and protect the, the calendar as far as they can? Well. You know that makes sense to do that. I I I would think that that would be the smart way to to do everything. Um, because like you like Molly just said, I mean, look at this look at the schedule now, and it's pretty p- compacted with you know losing the five weeks plus um, you know all the other possibilities of matches that are going to come in. So it just makes sense to do that, but I don't know if that's what they're going to do. I was actually kind of curious on what. You know, I know this is a, a, a schedule that's kind of just, um, you know, put out there roughly, and it, you know, all of them are showing up on a Saturday. But it, it depends on your your team because they haven't done it specifically. But I noticed, which I was kind of curious about, on round 18, there's round 18A, then match round 19, then 18B, and they're on a Wednesday. I'm wondering what that's about. Did you guys see that? I did, and I think that they that potentially they are uh, for either rescheduled games, um, so midweek rounds and potentially rescheduled games. I think there's maybe one one or two weeks where you might be able to do rescheduled games. Now I think part of that thinking was. Um, around the fact that you know if you have um, English clubs in the latter stages of the competition, so uh, you know notwithstanding um, Man City's exit, if 
if Man United get through against Sevilla, um, then potentially they would have a delayed start to the season. So I think they would potentially catch up weeks. Um, but but it is incredibly it's incredibly tight. So um, that's that's my understanding anyway. Ah, yeah. Well, I, I definitely think that that would be the best way to go is just, you know, um, cut out the, the two legs and just do one game kind of thing. That would definitely save um, the, some of the, the time and, and the players. I mean, because this is so tight that they're going to need, you know, that, that could, injuries, you know, so many things can happen. And we all know this. We all know that injuries can happen. Um, and and just seeing that that, looking at the schedule, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of, it's just go, 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 because we've lost that five weeks. So it'll be definitely an interesting um, season. And hopefully COVID won't impact it too too much. I'm assuming they're going to continue to test and and treat it the same as they did last season. But, but yeah. um, you know, uh, I guess it's, it's only time will tell. So, Randy, um, I mean, the the obviously there is a sort of you know winner takes all jeopardy element to the uh, you know to the sort of the finals that they set up for the chat for the remainder of the Champions League this season in terms of these one off games. Um, you know, if if I think back to last season, our, our two legged tie against Barcelona mm. um, in the semi final, you know potentially you lose the ability to come back if you know if you if you don't you know you don't get the rub of the green or you know one team has a particularly uh great first leg so that you know there is there's a potential danger in that if you know if you looked at changing the format and i I, like i said it sort of appears to be a one-off for this season but you know outside of that um the EFL uh so the the league cup would still be a competition but in theory uh the the top 6 clubs would be exempt from it is is one of the things that i think i've seen is that something that you are in favor of? um or would you like to see us try and put a you know, much as we did when we went for the World Club Cup, you know, if, if the option was there to put in like an under-23 side or something? Uh, I think that's interesting because to me, I I would suggest um, scrapping the League Cup anyway. <laughs> so I think we've got more than enough to play for with the FA Cup, with the Champions League. Um, and remember, the play is... It, they're not just playing these things. They are going away with the national teams as well. So that's yep. why the season starts at the 12th uh, as well, isn't it? Because England is playing um, 5th and 8th uh, with the national team. And so I, sug- I, I suppose all the others are doing the same. So th- remember, these players, they can't play all the time. So I would scrap the League Cup. I would go for the FA Cup as you've talked about it now mm-hmm. with no sort of replays or whatever and um 
I also think that it, it comes down to, when it, if we talk about the Champions League, it comes down to, is it going to be played with fans in the stadiums? Because that changes everything. Because like, yeah. like it is now, it makes sense. They're all going away to somewhere else to play. They're not playing at the home uh, no. grounds anyway. So if without fans, like we do now, it makes sense doing it as they do, I think. Because it's going to be a completely different match. People know that. Uh, and that's why it's all also been quite exciting, hasn't it, these matches? Uh, but if you know it is a two-leg game, it becomes a two-leg game. So you can actually lose 3-0 and win 4-0 in the <laughs> match. And I, of course, would love that to be as it was. But without fans, I think this is a very good option. So but I, Can I just say one thing then? Because last season, we were so lucky, I think, with injuries. Uh, looking away from Alison in the first match, uh, I think we actually was quite lucky uh, because our squad is not that big. So either I hope we get as lucky again or I think we need f four new players in. we got one in now. We lost two, uh, even though they're fringe players. Um, we need a bigger squad. So I'm praying for a lucky year again <laughs> without injuries, but you never know. So I think our squad needs to look different this year it's interesting you you say that in terms of the um the injuries because i did think there was a slightly false narrative running last season that we we didn't have any injury issues we had a load of injury issues and not just allison um you know we had gomez out we had shakiri out for most of the season Lala Arna was out, um, Henderson was out, Fabinho was out, Oxlade Chamberlain was out. They were all out for, for, for periods of the, of the season. And yet, you know, people were sort of saying, oh, you know, you've, you've not had, you know, you've not had any issues. Oh, yeah. And, and, um, and Navigator as well. We, we barely saw until, you know, right towards the end. Um, so, so I agree that, um, we, so I agree that in in overall terms we managed the injuries we had pretty yeah, exactly. well considering we don't have a massive squad. No. Um, but actually, you know, if we had a you know if we had another season like that with with those amount of injuries and and we were relatively lucky in terms of our front three not really yeah. missing much in the way of games um as the injuries we had were in areas we could broadly cope with you know allison maybe been exceptional although you know adrian did a pretty good job coming in um but you know if we if we lost one of the front three to a major injury for for a part of the season i think that would cause me significant concern um so i think and as as for the fans question so you know obviously we've had a bit of a hokey cokey going on in the uk in terms of what's open and what's not but mm. um they have sort of gone to the next phase of of opening up now in terms of bowling alleys and various other things that sort of opened up this weekend and they are going back to their pilot in terms of getting fans back into sporting venues. So 
the world snooker's going on at the moment. They've got about 300 people apparently going into the crucible or something this evening or have been for those sessions. Um, the cricket, they had they had some people in and then it got scrapped because it yeah. didn't open up again. But they're going back to that. Um, and they are talking about, you know, depending how things go, trying to get a proportion of fans back in the stadium by October. But, you know, it is really much, you know, it's it's a kind of suck it and see job at the moment because everything is so fluid because, you know, we're all like desperately watching to see, you know, if there are spikes of infection and in one thing and another. But you're right. I mean, we haven't even other than the sort of housekeeping stuff that they're doing around the season tickets, you know, they're not, they're not doing anything about season ticket renewals at the moment for those of us who have them. Um, obviously they haven't announced anything around because, you know, the fixture list I think comes out by the 21st. Yeah. So, um, but even then on the back of it, they, they, you know, there's no news about fans in stadium. So they won't be making any ticket announcements in terms of selling them. Um, so it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting time. Um, can, can I just say what it's like in Norway at the moment? Of course, you can because there they've opened up from uh, June, I think, and they're allowed to have two hundred fans in the stadium. So it looks really silly on telly, and it looks, you know, you can hear it's really not the same, is it? But the thing is that people with fan cards and season tickets and stuff. So they they draw who's going to be there and stuff like that. It's really strange. But at least it's something, you know, it's better than nothing. Yeah. But it's very, very strange. How, so how is do, it, you, like, is it they, how, do they hold a ballot or something? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. And they look at uh, season ticket holders first, obviously, and then they look at how many matches and then they have a ballot. And then how they do that, I don't know, but... So some people are getting there, you know, every other match by some strange reason. And other people, they are lucky if they're there within uh, half a year, you know. It's strange. So when does your season start and finish? Because obviously because of your winters, you run it at a slightly different time, don't you? Yeah, so our season starts in uh, March. So uh, and ends in the November, I think. Right, okay. So, so you're sort of get well. I don't. Are you sort of getting towards the business end now? I mean, or did no. you did you have a big hiatus as well? I we were hauled back for two and a half or three months. <laughs> right. So yeah, because we went into lockdown twelfth of March, so hmm. they're they're lagging behind. Yeah. I don't know how so, they're going to do it. So do you think they're going to have another break then? Because in theory. Um, unless they're sort of playing twice a week, they'd run back into past November again, wouldn't they? Yeah. I, th I think they're going to finish it uh, towards uh, in May or something. I'm not sure. Oh, OK. Yeah. Right, so it, so, may, so it so might end up doing the other way around that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got to remember, it's like literally a whole year behind or something. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> Wow. But anyway, back to Liverpool, shall we? Yes, yes, sorry. <laughs> we did get slightly distracted there. Uh, back to Liverpool. But, um, I mean, the the other thing is clearly we are, you know, we'll be starting the season as defending champions. Damn, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, I, now, I did notice 
posts on social media, there was a little bit of uh, speculation that the first round of fixtures had inadvertently been leaked um, because of the fantasy, the Premier League fantasy football. And there's a suggestion that Newcastle opened the season at Elland Road. Um, Man United play Arsenal and we potentially start our season away at West Ham. Now, that is pure speculation um, because clearly nothing has been... Um, but I, I suppose, you know, in normal circumstances, uh, we would talk about, you know, wanting to, you know, have the first home game at Anfield or whatever it is. There are no fans. So... Um, Amy, Kate, do, do you think it, it, it's going to make any difference at this point, whether we start this new campaign home or away? In my opinion, no, because the fans, I can't, I, I don't really follow other teams. Well, I don't follow any other teams in the Premier League. So I only, you know, follow Liverpool. And for us, fans is a huge thing. You know, um, we, we call ourselves the the twelfth man for a reason, and you can tell when you're when when you're watching them either physically at a game or watching them on television. Um, the atmosphere, everybody complains about the atmosphere not being good, or or they're talking about how fantastic the atmosphere is, depending on which match. So we make a difference. Um, so I don't think that us playing home or away is a huge difference um, with no fans. I mean, it is because you know, you know you're home you. You know your pitch, but ultimately in the end, right now, I think it's just a different game, and I don't think it's a huge – it doesn't make a huge matter. I, I think it's who you're playing, not where you're playing. But that's just my opinion. No, that's, that's interesting. Um, I think, you know, we all, all teams to a greater or lesser extent have, have talked about, you know, home <laughs> of God and all of that, and, you know, clearly – when we were when we resumed you know they people were talking up the importance particularly for those who were you know in the relegate in relegation trouble um but with a with a new season starting i guess it'll be interesting to see what difference if any that makes for the newly promoted teams as well so so we've got you know three relatively big teams that have, have come up uh, so, you know, Leeds, West Brom and Fulham. Uh, so, you know, 16 years since Leeds were in the Premier League. Um, and clearly they will be doing their best to, to prepare for the new season as much as we are. Um, so that brings me nicely on to uh, the fact that the transfer window is currently open and will remain open until the 5th of October because, you know, we've had such a weird season. So uh molly let me come back to you we've we've made our first player signing or one of our first player signings i know we've sort of announced some academy stuff so uh costas semikas is how i understand it's pronounced um what do we think i'm glad you pronounced it first that means i don't have to um... It's going to be tricky. I'm really excited for all of the different commentator interpretations of this. Um, <laughs> I think it's good. He seems to be <laughs> uh, well regarded. You know, the rumours that we've been looking at him for a few years. Um, so, yeah, and it just, I mean, it, we've 
we kind of talk a lot, don't we, about squad depth. Um, and that seems to be what he's there for. Um, just more depth. Um, and I, and I think that's, that's really important, especially for all of the running that our kind of our left and our right back do. Um, I think that probably is just a really smart signing, like an intelligent signing. Um, not like mega books, but he's going to do the job. Um, and I fully like trust the team at Liverpool that they found a guy to do the job that they want to do because they normally do do that. Um, and especially with the inevitable fixture congestion, um, yeah. you know, adding to, you know, arguably adding squad depth in such important, such an important position um, is kind of, it's almost as, almost as crucial as, you know, kind of, you know, the big money signing because actually, like, I think everyone can absolutely see what this guy's job's going to be and the purpose that he's going to serve to the club. And so it just seems like a really solid signing. Yeah, and and good good value as well. It would sort of seem so, you know, like eleven and eleven and a half million, which, you know, it, it's still stupid, you know, stupid amounts of money. But in the, you know, in to, in today today's terms, that that looks like a, a you know a really good value acquisition. Um, Amy Kate, he's obviously you know. He's played in the Greek League. He's played in the Champions League. So he's got um, a range of experience there. Um, what what did you think when he, he sort of said that, um, I don't know if you picked this up, that uh, Jurgen Klopp rang him um, to say the thing and just, just wanted to introduce him to his dogs. <laughs> so, so, so because he's, he's got a couple of dogs and obviously... Um, uh, Jürgen's got his his dogs, and he just phoned him up and said, oh, "I just, you know, I just want to say hello. I just want, I just want you to meet my dog Emma." Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is crazy, man, isn't he? Um, he is. It really just does show what kind of person Klopp is, and you just gotta love him, you know. I mean, he he's so real, you know. Um, I actually. I'm glad you said that because I actually didn't know that. And that just makes me giggle so much. And I'm not surprised. It's just, it's funny. But I think, you know, I have complete faith in Klopp and the team, you know. And so whoever's coming in there, I'm not worried. It's the right person. They, they've, they've done it for the right reasons. That's how I feel and have felt since, you know, the last few years. Um, but it just shows, you know, the type of person Klopp is and you just got to love him because he's so down to earth and he's just so real. And, and, um, you know, it just, it just makes me laugh because it's his, his personality and, and he, he's truly shows yeah. people the human side, you know, when you see him on the pitch and he's hugging everybody and he's genuinely, you know, um, when somebody's, you know, not feeling good or not, you know, they're disappointed in their in their performance because they made a mistake. Because we're human, he's there to to pick you up. I mean, he's he's well, he's their old enough to be their dad, but he he kind of is that father figure there. Mm. And um, mm. and and I love that about him because it's not just a job for him. This is 
um, more than that. I think it, it, it true. He truly believes it in the Liverpool way and the, and the Liverpool family. And if you are a part of that, he's all in. And, and I think yeah. it's really special. Club uh, and, and I think what, yeah. yeah, sorry, Amy, go on. Amy K. No, that's it. <laughs> okay. okay then. Um, so, so Randy, one of the, <laughs> one of the things that, um, that struck me about this actually was um, there was a lot of talk before we we completed this signing about we've gone into Jamal Lewis uh, at Norwich. We put a bid into Norwich, I think, for 10 million, uh, uh, sup- supposedly reported anyway, and then I think we, we upped it slightly. Um, and, you know, Norwich said they wanted 20 million. Well, anyway, they wanted a lot more than we were prepared to pay. So we went to either, depending on which way you want to look at it we either went back to our original target um or we all you know we always had an alternative target if we couldn't get value um in terms of uh jamal lewis as as an as an identified option there's a lot of stuff that came out afterwards from from norwich sort of saying you know well all commentators sort of saying well you know jamal lewis came back early from a holiday because he thought you know he was going to sign for Liverpool and this that, and the other you saw like, well what do they think a negotiation um, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I found it quite strange some of the commentary that came out afterwards when you know we didn't succeed in the in the bid that we put in I think this is really funny because first of all I must say that I, I'm sure that Liverpool wants more English players because this is the thing, isn't it? You need so and so many homegrown or English players in the team. And, and so obviously we, we were looking for that. And I'm sure that we thought he was a very good option. But as you said, we've been scouting Costas for three years. And uh, as we all know, our second choices are pretty much very, very good. Like Salah, for instance. I mean, it's not a bad choice, is it? So I think mm-hmm. we've got always got more than one that we are looking at. And we know if we're going to move on, we're going to get a very, very good player. And uh, I was a bit surprised by Norwich. I mean, as you said, don't they know how negotiations happen? You know, and and we clearly had targets. We've said earlier, we haven't got this big bag of money this year, at least not until we know. So I was very surprised uh, in the kind of, childish behavior from Norwich and we never of course we don't know we just know what's out there but to me I'm really happy we just moved on and Costas looks the business I mean if you listen to Klopp and he talks about him he says his personality his winning mentality the way he loves to train he's going to fit right in with the boys he's a family guy he's not a very sort of media guy he's a quiet type but he loves winning and I don't know if you watched him, but I watched a couple of matches with him in it. And he is a very, very good dribbler. He is so lightning quick. And he, he does good crosses. It's not, he just hasn't got that many assists because the people on top uh, of Olympiacos is not as good as Liverpool players. I'm sure yeah. he's going to do a brilliant job. And remember, Milner is going to be very happy, isn't he? He looked very happy in the interview today, at least. 
<laughs> he doesn't have to play left back uh, anymore. And so I think we should just leave Norwich crawling behind us and say, you know, we did a wise move. We got a really, really good guy for the money we wanted to play for, pay for Luis. So I'm really, really happy about this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am. Um, like I said, I just I found I found the whole sort of Norwich uh, attitude really quite weird. But, yeah. Um, so. So there's been a lot of there's been a lot of rumours uh, uh, about uh, Tiago Alcantara, if that's how you pronounce it, um, <laughs> at Bayern Munich, and um, allegedly we're in talks. Allegedly we've agreed a four-year deal. Allegedly he's already said goodbye to his Bayern Munich teammates. Um, I don't. I mean. You know, I think he, I think he would be a fantastic signing if he if he arrived. But we have been here before. You know, everybody remembers <laughs> waiting for Fekir Friday to announce. Um, you know, alleged, well, oh, to be fair, it was before. You know, slightly before Michael Edwards' time. And was still when you know the Brodge was you know kicking the traces off against the transfer committee. But you know we we've heard we've heard some of this stuff before, but he would be a fantastic addition to our midfield. Um, Amy Kate, is that is that where you would like to see us spend the money next, or or would you have another area of the squad to to strengthen instead? You know, I'm okay with that. I, I trust Klopp, so I don't really have. I mean, we, we're we're very solid everywhere, but but you know, like you said, the depth is an issue, and um, you don't know who's going to get injured. I mean, look at look at Henderson. I mean, nobody saw that coming. Um, you know, you just never know. Uh, but I think that if you get somebody that plays in the center, they can support defense and offense. And I think that he he looks like he'd be a, a good signing but if Klopp thinks he's good and you know I'm all for it but I just don't I think the media hype and 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 you know the, all the different channels out there that like to just stir the pot because they need something to talk about it until the club for me personally until the club actually says hey this is happening I don't really pay much attention to it you know um and that we were you were we were yeah. just talking about Norwich um I'm curious. I mean, I did see some of that stuff, but I'm curious, is it, you know, who's really representing the club? Because there's a lot of times you get these young people doing the social media and then they have to retract it or, or delete it because they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they posted that. I mean, I, I've seen it several times with City posting something um, and lead or uh, not lead, sorry, um, Lester. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't. And then, it, then it's been deleted, but it's been, somebody's caught it, you know, on a, on a screen grab, but you know, some of these mm. social media people are done, you know, it's not done by the heads. It's done by, by you know, third-party markets that it's supposed to represent. And so I don't really get too worried about what they say. And, and I'm sure that, um, you know, it's, it's when, when those do happen, um, they're, they're getting their hands slapped for sure. And you don't really see it again for quite some time because of that. So... I don't know. Well, I, I anyway to answer your question, I think he'd be a great addition, and I don't really have anybody in my mind that would be better 
um, as an option. I'm, I'm happy with that. And if it doesn't work out, then we'll find the right player. I, I have faith in the fact that we'll find the right player for the right money and, and look at perfect examples. Robbo. I mean, I remember, I don't remember what year it was that he played um, for Hull city, but um, he was, there was a tweet that had come out saying, you know, he was struggling so hard. He didn't know if he could actually continue to be a footballer coming up to, he wanted to give reward this young kid for giving his pocket money to a, a charity because he felt that the, it was it could be used. And he he wrote the letter and said, I'll, "I'm giving you a signed shirt from Firmino because nobody wants a left back." And it just you know melts my heart. And I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, you don't know your value because you you absolutely you know we want your yeah. shirt." But and I think he absolutely knows that. And he was new to the squad and everything, but it just shows um, the kind of players that we do pick. I mean, and the personalities and and everything. So, um, if that if that's what yeah, happens, they I definitely um, they definitely focus on on character as much as talent um, yeah. in terms of the players that are brought into the the squad these days. Um, Molly, so. One of the things that was talked about when uh, all the, you know, we had a court case over it, for God's sake, about uh, exiting from New Balance and having Nike, or Nike, if you prefer, uh, coming <laughs> in as our, as our new sponsors. Um, and there's been, a, there's been a lot of people trying to get a hashtag Mbappe 2020 <laughs> uh, trending or 2021 um, on the basis that he's a Nike athlete. And... Um, you know, potentially, you know, maybe Nike could do something around, um, you know, part funding or whatever else it might be. Um, you know, if you if you were looking at that as a as an overall uh, sort of approach, because obviously um, Nike have got massive reach, and and we probably will touch on stuff like you know LeBron's been sending out you know personalized messages with Liverpool shirts. That's one thing and another. Um, where would you, where would you, where would you look? You know, if if you were going to get the power of Nike behind you to help uh, potentially land somebody, where would you look? Um, put me on the spot here. I was ready for the Tiago question. Um, <laughs> we... <laughs> well, you can answer that one as well. Well, I just you, normally, free, normally, right? I don't. I'm not. In. I'm not like big on following all of the transfer gossip but it's been a long hard lockdown and I am just living for the drama that like I'm just really excited <laughs> for someone to track a random flight to Blackpool and tell me he's on it oh um, my god exactly just, <laughs> if you go can I just say if you if you, just on that point <laughs> if you join the AOPS subscribers and you go on to discord there is a plane tracking group in there yeah <laughs> oh right i need to at, get on that the tail numbers of That's planes of where they're taking <laughs> off <and> landing <laughs> honestly join locked discord. lockdown's been tough <laughs> yeah it really has oh. <laughs> so yeah just living for any drama really um I don't know. That's a difficult question. And I think the, the thing with, I mean, don't get me wrong, like I'd take Mbappe. Um, he's, he's pretty good. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he would send Stephen as well. But I just think it's, 
it's out that is very very out of character for Liverpool and I think where we have signed huge players um they've won't been the right players and they've been in positions where we you know we were absolutely just leaking goals until we you know spent all the money on Alison and Van Dijk and and that solved a huge problem there was absolutely they were absolutely worth every penny um and I also think they have the right attitude and I think so although like Nike yeah they've got reach they've got pull I just I can't see Klopp and Liverpool signing a megastar because I don't think they sign megastars I think they make them Mm. and so I think it's kind of a tricky question if you're telling me like oh my god if you could sign any player in the world I'd go okay we'll have Messi um but the I just I just can't picture that if that makes sense yeah like I can't I can't see that being something they would do I think they they're more likely to well I'm just kind of repeating myself now but kind of like signing someone and making them great because everyone said Alisson wasn't worth that money. Everybody said Van Dijk wasn't worth that money. And and look, you know, they absolutely are. And I don't think anybody is in any doubt now. And I think it's kind of going to be, it would be more that. And I think if, you know, God forbid, we lost Manny and Salah in one swoop to some other team, then yeah, they might, they, they probably would go out and, and potentially sign a megastar. But there's no massive holes like that in a team anymore I think it's more um about signing the right players and um creating depth to the squad yeah Andy did you want to come in there well I I just completely agree with you Molly I think we you're right we don't sign the mega buck players and especially we don't give those wages that type uh, United gives and, and uh, PSG and, uh, you know, the rest of them. Uh, but I heard this uh, other postcard on IE the other day about uh, money and they were talking about how Liverpool are very clever because they give sort of normal um, wages that are quite sort of not very big in at all, but then with add-ons so if you do this and if you do that if you score that amount of goals or if you make clean sheets and if you play that many games and if we win something you're going to make a lot of money so I think we're quite clever in that way and I'm not sure whether players like Mbappe and stuff like that maybe even Sancho you know um, are ready for that I think I don't know but if they are you know I'll have them I'll have them absolutely Uh, I kind of sort of chuckle over the fact that uh, United hasn't signed Sancho yet because they were so sure and now he seems so happy <laughs> staying uh, behind <laughs> so <laughs> I, I kind of think yeah but that's fine we were not in for him anyway not at least now because that is not how we sign anymore but uh, on the other hand if like next year because and Papa is going to stay for a year we know he's going to be eager to do something else in his career uh, mm. so if they find that this is more challenging to them and they want to come on our terms, hallelujah, you know, I'll, I'll grab him, you know, definitely. And uh, I kind of think that we might be interesting to people because we got Klopp and we're winning stuff. So as long as that keeps, you know, running, I think we could be interesting to people like like Tiago now. 
if he, he wants to come and he looks like it, I'll have him. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's he is a fantastic player. I mean, the fact is, you know, we're potentially all setting ourselves up for disappointment in in yeah, theory because yeah. he, he's been so strongly now. But but the you know the bottom line is we we have so few duds when it comes to uh, players that we bring in now. Our, our hit rate is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, like I said, and even you know whether whether he can you know be be uh, sort of rehabilitated in terms of uh, I'm thinking of Carrius here because he's probably the one that you know yeah. we, you know everybody saw crumple on a, on a world stage and whether whether that's possible to be recovered or ultimately we just like you say rehabilitate him to a point where we can move him on again. Um, but outside of that, we've we've had very very few, um, you know, if I go back a few years, and it was an attitude thing with Sacco, um, you know, we were, we was turning up for late for training and stuff, and he was a bit of a cult hero in terms of, yeah. you know, playing for the Liverpool country. But, you know, the fact <laughs> is he wasn't, you know, he didn't <laughs> adhere to, to the rules that Klopp put in place. And, and you know, Klopp has said himself, he's in... He, He's, you know, he's friendly, but he's not their friend because he has to make ruthless decisions. And if that's what he's got to do, that's what he will do. Um, you know, and and Sacco didn't last very much longer after that preseason tour. Um, so, <laughs> so basically, we we may or may not have, you know, hashtag Mbappe twenty twenty one trending. Um, but we obviously do have uh and I'll I'll switch I'll switch things we're moving to uh, I'm going to put pose this question to Amy K so we do now have Nike as our um as our new sponsor and you know the the launch of the new kit home kit as we understand it all of the numbers are saying it's been phenomenally successful um you know massive queues online obviously you know this sort of limited access in in the UK to shops but you know people trying to pre-order and all of the rest of it um you know there i i guess i i have a bit of a question mark regarding the uh the sort of standard home shirt which apparently the uh 96 uh logo on the back of the shirt is an add-on um versus the the vapor which i understand is the version that the players use um which you know is retailing at around 107 pounds which seems to me a ridiculous amount of money for a shirt um and amy kate i think you know you've got you've got a couple of points or or questions you want to ask around this but you know have at it so nike are here what have you got to say for yourself well so first of all um as you guys can all tell from my accent i'm an american and Nike is um, our sponsor for the U.S. team. So this is somebody that we've dealt with for years. I don't remember growing up not being Nike um, as our um, national team. So um, I've been disappointed for a long time with Nike. Um, there's The quality is not great. Um, the price is ridiculous. And historically, they've been cookie cutter. Now, they did come out and say they, they weren't going to do that and that they were going to put a lot of personality and consider the club. And you could argue one way or the other they did and they didn't. Um, if you look at the goalkeeper 
um, for the for the team. It's the exact same shirt for um, for Becker as it is for um, is it Zenit? I think I saw. I mean, literally the exact same thing. The only difference is the badge. Yeah. I mean, the neckline. They, they were they were saying that there are sixty five different prints and necklines and sleeves and whatever. It's identical. There's no different but the patch. And Barcelona has the exact same one, just in a different color. So, you know, that tells me that that's not true. Um, and that bothers me because it's just like, you know, you're not really sticking to your word. Um, but there's there's also um, the production um, of the of the and quality of the shirt has been horrendous. I've seen um, people put up their their seams are coming apart. Um, the quality of the way it's been made is really poor on some people's shirts. Now I know some people really love it, and you know I'm not trying to bash if you love or 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 not. Um, I kind of find the new shirt bleh. Like, I don't really, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I've, we've had worse shirts, but it just doesn't really do anything for me. I'm more upset with the, the quality of, of the way that, that it's, you know, been put together. And what really, I think, will make a lot of fans upset is they've ironed on the flames. It's not even embroidered. And I've seen a few shirts of some friends that, they're defective that the, that the they didn't even put it on properly that it's like um half of the the, the flame is you know it's it's just not it means so much to us and maybe Nike doesn't understand how important that is um as part of Liverpool Football Club and and it was an intention that their intentions weren't you know in a bad way but it just looks really bad but for me, the, the thing that I wanted to raise is that, you know, Liverpool Football Club is, is, you know, not just the first team. It's the academy and it's the women's team as well. And I'm seeing how they're, they're, they're putting out two shirts. They've got the match day shirt and they've got the um, stadium shirt. And the stadium shirt's meant for, for fans because, you know, not all of us are athletes and not all of us are as fit as the, um, the players. Um, but they, it seems, it appears to be that the match day shirt is only available for men and not for women. And that kind of bothers me a little bit. But really, the question that I had to Nike is, okay, maybe it's, it has to do with the fact that maybe they won't sell the shirt and it's not worth financially. That's why it's not available for purchase. But yeah. what about no. the women athletes? Don't they deserve to play in the same you know, technology and quality that the men do. That's what I've put to Nike and haven't heard back. I want to know, you know, okay, I can see your reasons why you don't want to make it available because maybe the demand isn't there for the fans. And, you know, the ones that do want it, it kind of sucks, but that that's life. But what about the athletes? What about the women's team? Don't they deserve to have the same um, quality? And that that's what I want to put out there is, as, as thoughts on that is, they're athletes, they're, they're professionals, and, and they should be treated as such. So that's my little, little uh, speech on that. <laughs> Rant over. And that's, no, it's, 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 but it's perfectly, it, it, you know, there's nothing wrong 
with asking that question and also you know pressing to get an answer that the the short answer you know the short answer from me is you know maybe i sh should know but i don't i i would assume that they would get the same technology for their you know their professional gear um but i don't know that for a fact um you know in terms of what i've seen of the the Liverpool women's team when they've been doing you know you see in the publicity shots and you see them back in pre-season training they are wearing the Nike kit um I don't know it's um I don't know whether it's that vapor shirt or you know like the professional athlete version or the as you as you term it the, the stadium version um I mean we 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 touched on this um a couple of pods ago around the fact that you know Liverpool weren't covering themselves in glory in terms of the support that they've um, offered the women's team and how they've been uh, sort of integrated I mean Molly I appreciate you know you you're you're sort of you know the nature of your job is that you're spending you know big tranches of time outside of the the UK now but um, you know if you were at home in Liverpool and you know you could go and see the women's team um would you or what would what would persuade you to potentially give some time to that as well as following you know the the first team squad as we as we do today i think they they do make it quite easy because i do believe that if you have a season ticket you can go and watch the women for free and it is really cheap um, I think for me, often the games have kind of been like just a little bit tricky because um, they don't play kind of close to where I lived. Um, so it was, a, it was just a bit complicated. Uh, but I do know the women's team do quite a lot for young girls because my nieces actually play football and they're twins. They are 10 um, and they do quite a lot like... Um, like they pick kind of teams to kind of like whole girls teams to um mascot sorry that word left me yeah. <laughs> for a second there so they picked so <laughs> my nieces actually like when they were mascots at the derby and they're now like affiliated with the football like the women's football club and um, so they do oh, do cool. a lot for young girls so that's really cool like my brother-in-law supports man united so it was like 10 times better as well um <laughs> Um, and his daughters are now associated and his team because he's the coach um, <laughs> like affiliated with Liverpool women um, oh, even so, they do, so I think it is I think for me as I say it was just like um, it's not that I didn't go it was just it was a bit complex for me to go but I think they do try and make it easy and they do do a lot for kind of young girl players which I think is probably the best thing that they could do um but just to go back to what um yeah. amy kate said about the kit one of the things that i because I, I noticed amy kate had kind of tweeted uh, a few things but one of the things that i had already noticed was i was kind of getting as the like things were launched i was getting pictures of people kind of male relatives of mine in all the new gear that they got 
Um, and one of the things I noticed is just kind of, especially in regards to like the training kit and the kind of more casual, what's they call it, like lifestyle or something. Um, there's just nowhere near the same kind of range for women as there is for men. There are a lot of things, you know, if you actually click on the training kit, your options are men's and kids. There's yeah. not even a female option. And I am one, I'm female. But I'm five foot yes. one. Like, I'm really sure I barely fit into like regular women clothes. I definitely can't fit into men clothes. They're far too long. And it's just yes. a little bit like disheartening when it's like, and I actually went into the LFC shop the other day and there's just not that much. And like Amy Kate said, you know, is there not the demand for it? But I kind of think Nike I and the football club owe it to us to say there isn't the demand like there are bits there are some and there's some really nice stuff but the stuff I had my eye on they don't have it for me and it just it you do feel I did feel a little bit let down because I do love night clothing and I do love night sportswear and I was quite excited to be able to kind of like you know get the training kit and because I do wear that kind of stuff quite a lot um but just kind of like feel a little bit let down. And then when I saw a all Amy Kate tweets about we can't like you can't. I mean, I wouldn't get the vapor kit because I don't I don't play football. But it is disappointing. No. How can there not be the demand? How can you claim there's not the demand if you haven't even tried it? Like we've literally got like I don't think and I might be wrong, but I don't think any of the training kit is available in women's. It's not, at least not yet. Maybe that'll that's, change. That's but a it's bit not shoddy. Yet. Yeah. I think it's shoddy. I was really, really disappointed. Absolutely. And and that was my whole thing. And I get, you know, I, you could, I could sit here and say all kinds of things, but you, you know, you only have so much time and, you know, you, you know, there's one of the things with New Balance or not even so much New Balance, but with, um, with the club that I've noticed they've really made an effort to step it up for women's clothing. Um, and I appreciate that because, you know, I want to wear women's sizes that fit me. Men's t-shirts are just, I'm like you, I'm only, I'm only an inch and a half taller than you. I, I claim I'm five, three, but I was just told I'm five, two and a half. I'm shrinking. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm, I'm like you, I'm, I'm everything's too big or you know doesn't fit right or and a men's shirt doesn't fit across a woman's chest i mean it's just you it doesn't fit right and and i want to like a dress yeah and i proudly want to wear you know and represent the club um there's a lot of clothing now and they have even have workout gear when i was there in march i actually bought the the pants and the bra and 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 the top and everything um, it was like a burgundy color. It was it was really cool. And that was the first time I've seen that there was actually workout gear that we could wear. Um, Can I just say, Amy Kate, when I went in the shop, that the burgundy stuff, that is the yeah. stuff that's still available. So the women haven't got kind of all this new stuff. Yeah. Now Nike's come in. It's that. Because I looked in and thought, oh, that's quite nice. But I'd, I'm going to wait and see if Nike bring anything more out. But that obviously is just still the stuff that that's available to us. Yeah. They haven't really brought anything new. 
Um, this goes back several months and maybe it has to do with COVID because people, you know, stuff had to be, you know, give me the benefit of the doubt, you know, trying to look at it at all angles and not, you know, you know, get on my high horse about not having enough, um, for women because there is this whole COVID thing has changed a lot of things and maybe they had to rethink what they were going to launch because people aren't spending the money, um, because people are out of work and, and, and I, I am considering that. But historically, there hasn't been um, the same thing um, for the U.S. women, even. And maybe I'm I'm taking this too personally, but you know, when the U.S. women have won the World Cup four times, and I'm so proud of that, and the men couldn't even make it to the World Cup last year or last go round, yet it's still about the men and. I really think that they that they need to kind of think about those things. I mm-hmm. get that, that, you know, they can argue all day long that there's no demand or there's um, the money's not there for it and people don't care about women's football. Well, I think enough to... The fastest growing sports in the world. Anyway, I have a suggestion, right, to, to yeah. solve this. Smash the patriarchy. That's the whole. <laughs> <laughs> go, and, go. And and on and on that that note, um, <laughs> we are we are going to move we're going to move on from Nike and uh, and I'm conscious, uh, Randy. I want to I want to bring you in on this. Um, we are obviously on our preseason trip now. It looks like they're you know, in, in a lovely place in Austria near the mountains. Um, and we started to get the, the, the training photos. Um, mm-hmm. So, so that was, that was all lovely to see. And then, you know, in two weeks time, we will be playing the community shield against Arsenal. So, um, you know, Man City did put that as one of their four trophies that they won. If we win it, are we are we putting it alongside the four that we won, the the international treble, um, and the Premier League title? Of course we do. Of course, everything counts. One hundred percent. And in fairness, you have to you have to win the league or the FA Cup yeah. to even have a chance. So it's still an achievement. Yeah. And I think it's quite nice that it we're playing is. against Arsenal as well because I've got two Arsenal fans in my family and they were <laughs> so miserable. They were absolutely before that match. They had nothing. You know, they were a disaster. So now they're quite happy. So let's just beat them then and uh, have another trophy. That'd be good. It would be. I don't, I, you know, I do want us to beat them. We well, really need to beat them now. I mean, we, we gave do. them the last. Exactly. So we want to beat them, and it's also it is a good um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, we don't have any matches in this preseason, so that's it. No, that's there's no friendlies or anything it, like no, we they, normally have. Exactly. So this is a good, very good friendly match, and uh, to get our paces up for and then also we got two weeks after that before the season starts so I think it's a very good match to look forward to and uh, 
and also because it is Arsenal, it is a good match, isn't it? And uh, looking at the photos and there's a couple of interviews and films from the preseason, it's uh, looking like they really enjoy being back, even though they haven't had their big long holiday. So, and some new faces as well. Uh, and like you mentioned, Cardius, poor guy, I hope he's welcomed. And uh, we've got a new defender there, actually, a very tall guy uh, from under 18s, I think. So that looks good. And it's just so nice to see them back. And uh, it's going to be a lighter version of the no lactic tests and all that. So it's going to play with the ball and that, it looks like it's going to be a good time for them. <laughs> so so two, two things that I picked up very quickly on that. So, so one was the, the little film with them on their bikes and uh, Virgil shouting at Manet to put his shirts on uh, because nobody needed to see that. And and then there was a little picture from uh, Andy Robertson with him and James Milner, where he <laughs> yeah. put them take the fathers to work day. Yes, <laughs> did you get? <laughs> which, yeah, which I did, which I did think was was hilarious. Actually, he he has got a very good he's got a very good social media game. Does Robbo? Yeah. Uh, him and Milner are, are two of the more amusing. Um, now, uh, we, we're going to sort of start wrapping it up because we have been chatting quite a long time. Um, but a couple of things. So so we're going to move into any other business. Um, first thing, just to, just to throw out there to Molly. So, so it looks like our dear Dejan Lovren is uh, loving life in St. Petersburg. <laughs> With Zenit. Oh my goodness, a, though. You know, was it was it three was it three games, one trophy, one goal? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But he's gonna be heartbroken because I don't know if you've seen on yeah. Salah's Instagram story <laughs> the just the I destruction did. of Lovren. <laughs> he's just instantly being replaced. Yeah, cost that was so, so cold, wasn't it? It was very cold. <laughs> And I just think, you know, there'll be fake oh, smiles no. all around from Dejan. Look at me in my cup. No, yeah. it'll be heartbroken, really, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm happy, though, because, I mean, I like Lovren as a person. He just wasn't a fit for us. <laughs> no, I was trying to be really yeah. diplomatic, because I want to be diplomatic, because I don't want to slag him off at all. He just I don't think he was no. quite right for Liverpool. So I'm really glad that he's having a good time um, and he's winning things and he's, he's contributing to a team. He is. And uh, our Adam Lalana's off to Brighton. So, um, which I think is, is, a, is a good move for him. Um, and so I do, and I do genuinely sort of wish him luck there. I know if, if Dave Hendricks was living for this, he'd, he'd just be like gnashing his teeth saying he's been stealing a living for the last four years. But anyway, <laughs> he was he wore the red shirt, and so I wish him well for the future. Um, but you know, just a just another sort of couple of things on that. So obviously, over the last um, you know over the last week or so, we, and we mentioned the Champions League earlier. Um, there's been some really interesting results 
So one, the absolute, um, no no offence, but butt-fucking of Barcelona by Bayern <laughs> Munich. And, um, and then Man City uh, being turned over by Leon. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go into the, the, the sort of games themselves, but I, I'm just sort of curious as we, as we finish this up around a couple of things. So I believe that the Barcelona result has been four years in the making. Um, and I genuinely do think we pretty much broke them last season with, with the comeback. Um, one of the interesting stats I saw was that the last time Pep Guardiola was in a final uh, was in 2011 when he was still with Barcelona. So whilst he's been at Bayern Munich and Man City in all of those years, um, he's actually never got past the, the, the semi-final stage. Um, so I'm interested in, in terms of you know teams and people peaking because it, it my my personal opinion, and I did tweet about it, is somebody said that Guardiola was like that person who wrote, you know, that their first book was a bestseller, and then they've been trying, you know, trying to replicate it ever since, and never quite managing to do it. And I, I sort of, I sort of said to you know, my view was he was the Margaret Mitchell um, of the footballing world. So you know his. His first book was Gone with the Wind. His first team was Barcelona, and it was a classic. Um, and nothing has ever come close to it. And he's inherited teams, and he's inherited huge amounts of money. And he's had teams still play fantastic football, but actually, he's never been able to replicate that success. So my question, having said all of that, is: um, Do you believe that? You know, that's my view. Do you, do you believe that, or do you think I'm I'm not giving him enough credit? Um, and secondly, uh, just on Barcelona specifically, because I, because I do think that, that that club is kind of rotten, has been rotten from the inside out for a fair few years. Um, do you believe that Messi? Because um, I know you mentioned him earlier, Molly. Uh, if you could have any player in the world, and I, I suppose my question is, even now, would you still is Messi now part of the problem at Barcelona, rather than the solution? So, um, Molly, let me start with you, and you can either decide to answer both questions or one of those questions, and I'll share the other one around. I think overall, to kind of be broad, I think there's an arrogance there. Um, that actually, if they let that go, and I'm kind of talking about Pep here and talking about Barcelona, if that was kind of let go and you kind of accepted the fluctuations which will happen in football and you worked kind of with them um, rather than being, no, we're the best. And just because that kind of seems to be what is happening. They're just absolutely adamant. And again, I'm speaking broadly here because I think it applies to both. Uh, yeah, I think just being like, no, no, we're the best. And it doesn't matter what we do, because I think they played a weird team last night, didn't they? I didn't, I didn't actually get the opportunity to watch it. But see, and so and it's that to me. I, is I, think, I think he psyched himself out about yeah. the. I think there was an element of fear in his team selection, actually. I think he psyched himself out. 
yeah but I just think it's almost like a rigidness and and kind of an unwillingness to change um and as I say just to kind of like as I say accept the fluctuations that are in fact inevitable within a gate within a sport um and to kind of hold your hands up and say you know when you're not good enough we're not good enough rather than all of the kind of drama that circulates around it and I think arrogance kind of breeds and I think I saw a little bit of the Barca game <laughs> I say a little bit I think I saw about four goals um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, <laughs> and so like the real kind of as I say um, th- there was kind of a lot of mouthing off a lot of shouting and not that much like playing to fix the problem. And then just kind of, I'll really briefly, because I know there's loads of people who want to say something. With regards to Messi, I don't necessarily think Messi is, I don't think he's a problem in terms of I do, I am kind of one of those people that, that kind of regards Messi as, as, as the best in the world. But I think that you can't, like that won't last forever. And you have to kind of mix things up a bit and bring stuff in. And the conversation like we were having was we were laughing kind of obviously because Coutinho got two goals and and Barca are potentially gonna have to pay Liverpool yes, five mil because he's gonna win assist. the like he's and an assist and he's gonna um potentially, you know, win it with Bayern Munich and and it just seems crazy that they, they'll go out and they'll spend mega money and, you know, all of the kind of underhand things they did to get Coutinho. And yet they haven't used him in the right way. And actually, if you're going to purge money like that and purge talent, I'm sorry, like, you know, for whatever you think of Coutinho, he is incredible and he should be in that team. He does. He has the talent to be in that team. And so, like, you can't just keep everything around the kind of few great players that you have. You have to bring new blood in all the time. Um, And so I think probably that is the problem. Yeah. Well, one of the things that also came came out was that's the oldest average age team that Barcelona have, have ever, I think, played in the Champions League of the year. So their average age was, I don't know, 29 and a half or something like that. Um, so so I don't know, you, you know, Randy has come to you because, you know, you've got Suarez who's 33 or 32, Messi's 33, PK's 32, Busquets 32, Alba's 31, 32. Anyway, um, which which question or, or, or questions would you like to answer that I posed earlier? Uh, I've, forgotten, uh, I've forgotten about the questions now. <laughs> okay, so what was about Pep? Thanks, thanks for oh, listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, what was about Pep? The, the other one was about Barcelona yeah, and whether Messi was the problem yeah. the solution. Can I just say it might have been why I forgot? Might have been because I'm looking at Twitter at the same time and I just saw this message that Messi is about to leave Barcelona now, not like sometimes like now, like tonight so i was a bit flustered and i thought well <laughs> there you go uh, <laughs> are, are, we, are, we, are we are we doing breaking news on this board? yeah 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 breaking news <laughs> now literally <laughs> no but the thing is i completely I, I can talk about um guardiola uh, a lot because i think he is he 
he is a bit like what Barcelona is now. It's like he thinks he's still at Barcelona in 2011 and is the world's best. And at the same time, and this happens every time they're going to play us, he freaks out. And it does something to the team that makes the players nervous. Because most of the time when they just play their game, they're a brilliant team. But as you said the other day, they, they were shuffling players around and the, the, he put out a team that looked really strange. And, and you could see them. They were looking at each other while playing, thinking, was I supposed to be here now? And you can't do that to a team. So why does he do this every time in Champions League and every time they play us? He freaks out sometimes. So uh, he's a strange character. No, I mean, of course, he's a brilliant coach. He must be. But at the same time, he does really, really funny stuff. And I'm really glad we are not in his hands, to be honest. I'm so happy we, we've got Klopp. Because he is humble at the same time as he thinks about how can we win this game. And that's the only thing you should think about. Not, you know... I have to do something special here as a thing. So, um, and I can't really talk about Messi because, uh, I, as you said, uh, Molly, I, I adore him when he plays uh, his game in a, in a team he is happy with. But whenever you see him, like, and we beat them 4-0, it's like they don't understand because they're supposed to win. <laughs> and that yeah. is so strange, you know, that's, looking that's, at them all. That's like, my point. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't understand what yeah, they're that, doing. But that's my point. He's been, he's been the fulcrum of that team for so long. Yeah. That um, that when he doesn't work, mm. then it doesn't work, and they have no plan B. And I, yeah. look, I am not dissing Lionel Messi. Right? He is a fantastic player. But when I say problem rather than solution, is that you know they have been needing to rebuild that team for yeah. at least three seasons if not four and, and they've spunked you know a half a billion pounds mm. near as damn it on Coutinho on Griezmann on Dembele two of those were on the bench and one of them was playing for the opposition right so so you've got somebody like you know fat is it fatty who he's you know he's like 17 or 18 mm. um you know they have I'm sure they've got some really uh you know talented people in their academy and stuff but you're not seeing any plan or any a- attempt as far as I can identify for those to be blooded in mm. and you know and you and you then have the sort of you know dis dysfunctional board and the elections and the fact that they've got rotating you know Dora managers and all the rest of it so you know, long may the you know the 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 trouble at Barcelona continue because yes. you know the 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 fucking trouble they caused us you know uh-huh. destabilizing Coutinho they they deserve every minute of it. But Amy Kate, I suppose my point was um, on the basis that he is the fulcrum of the of the team, um, and and you know you can sort of say. I'd, I don't want to answer that question. I'd rather talk about Guardiola. But, you know, do, do you think there's any merit in what I'm saying that potentially is he now part of the problem rather than the solution? I guess you can kind of look at it. There's two sides of the coin on that. Because if you're building a team around a player and the player isn't performing, regardless of who it is, it and then you have no backup plan, you're screwed. But when, you're try, when you've got a player such as Lionel Messi that's just, we all agree he's phenomenal and and 
pretty much everything that people say about him as as a player is true. He's not overrated. He's a phenomenal player, um, but he's human, and even even the best players have bad days or bad periods of time. Um, so I think it's kind of I don't know. I mean, can can you? I guess you kind of have to blame Pep for the fact that he doesn't have a backup plan. But you know, when you when you p- get paid that much money to play a professional game, you kind of expect them to be on their game. So it's there's both sides of it. I don't think there, there's a right answer or a wrong answer. I think I guess the the answer to me is that he is both the solution and the problem. In short, really, okay. I know that's not here. No, that's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Um, you know, make make sure you haven't got any splinters in your ass from sitting on that fence. Um, <laughs> I am so on the fence. Absolutely. And I, yeah, my butt's going to hurt. Okay. So, so, uh, so on the basis we spent last five minutes or so talking about Barcelona, which is not our team, but just an interesting debate. So, so let's just uh, round off with a, with a little bit of the social media where, where, you know, uh, another player who doesn't play for us is, has spent a bit of time talking about us on social media, and we, I give you one uh, Bernardo Silva, uh, which, which as we started recording this pod was was trending on on social media. So he apparently wants uh, us Liverpool fans to you know go out or potentially try and meet a partner or read a book rather than sending him messages <laughs> around around their, their recent exit from the uh, from the Champions League. So um, let me start with you, Randy. Do you have a message for Bernardo Silva in response to what he's said? Uh, yeah. Stop being arrogant when you're supposed to clap us and shut up. <laughs> That's my message. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you, Randy. Amy, Kate, do you do you have any words of wisdom for Bernardo Silva? Oh, he's not even worth my time of saying anything. I mean, it's just pathetic that he's he's gone to read a book. Why did he read a book instead of you know trying to stir the pot? Kettle <laughs> black. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Molly. I think Bernardo needs to take some of his own advice and find some real friends who, when <laughs> they see his Twitter meltdown, they say, Bernardo, that's not a good idea because that's now been up for two hours. And if he had proper me, they'd have been like, no, you look like a bit of a twat. I think you should delete that tweet. And so that would be my friends. message. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Molly. And um, <laughs> and I I would um I would use the uh, the 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 tweet from uh from Dan Austin that I saw, uh, <laughs> which I thought summed it up uh nicely. Which is you know it's good that he's found time from uh you know racially abusing his teammates and uh, singing about uh you know, Sean Cox getting battered in the street. So, you know, it's it's good that he's found another outlet. But like you say, Molly, maybe maybe his friends could, uh, you know, divert him to a new activity. Um, he's going to have some time on his hands now, obviously, because uh, they haven't got any more games this season. So I'm sure he can find some, some new interests. And, uh, and if anyone's that, interested in, in yes. like, Liverpool gifts, 
like you know good ones of us celebrating stuff we've won this year yeah there are many many following that tweet <laughs> if you just wanted some inspiration oh yeah <laughs> Lovely. I might I might go and have a look after this. Right. So we have run over um, a little bit on this one, but it has been uh, great to get back together um, and chat. Um, and thank you all for your time um, this evening. Clearly, we've got um, a couple of weeks to go and then the season will start. Well, the pre-season will start with the uh, Community Shield, I think, on the 29th of August. And then the season starts on the 12th of September. So we will be back to talk to you, um, you know, as the as the season approaches and in those early weeks, obviously. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. And we will be back again very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Life goes on day after day Hearts torn in every way So fairy, cross the mercy Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay Social Podcast Network.